Welcome to the Accredited Canadians Toolkit, your source for what's new for accredited investors. I'm your host, Sam Perrin. Canada's Liberal government released their budget yesterday, and I've included some highlights that will be of interest to accredited Canadians. Happily, there was no significant tax increases. There was no increases in capital gains, no wealth tax, and no tax on the sale of a principal residence, and no large increases to income taxes either. There was, however, some headline-grabbing taxes, such as the 10% tax on vehicles and airplanes over $100,000 and boats over $250,000. There is a lot of spending announced, with pundits calling this an election budget. I watched with interest Pierre Polyev's reaction to the budget, and as usual, I learned some interesting history and facts from his speech. I had the pleasure of meeting Pierre at a wine and cheese last year, and we debated the merits of universal basic income, and he's a deep thinker and loves to talk about classical education and the origins of democracy, and it was a really great philosophical talk. What stood out to me in his speech yesterday was the following points. He brought up Drs. Reinhardt and Rogoff from Harvard, who are the authors of the widely acclaimed book on the history of finance going back 800 years. Their book is called This Time is Different. Pierre goes through the five leading indicators of a debt crisis and how they relate to Canada now. He says, number one, Canada has declining output. Last year, we lost $120 billion in GDP. Number two, large and sustained current account deficits being a net or importer of goods. Yes, for that one, because over the last five years, Canada has had a $300 billion current account deficit. Canadian housing has been up over 20% in many markets where income has dropped. Toronto and Vancouver are among the 10 most expensive housing markets on the entire planet. Number four, rising household leverage. For example, there is a $1.75 of debt for every dollar of take-home pay right now, the highest ratio in the G7 and nearly a record in Canadian history. Number five, a rise in the overall debt across the economy. Last year, the debt was equal to 17% of GDP, the largest single amount since World War II. As a share of GDP, the debt was two times the size than World War I, three times the size of the Great Depression, and four times the size that it was in the Great Global Recession. Pierre says all of the leading indicators are satisfied, and that now this time is not different, even though we want to believe it is. Pierre argues that we've been here before in the 1980s under Prime Minister Pierre Trudeau. And back then, he was running a deficit of 11% of GDP compared to a deficit of 17% of GDP in 2020. Back then, there was money printing, also known as an increase of the M2 money supply, and that printing was 15% compared to 13% now. Back then, federal government spending was over 20% of GDP. Now it's almost 30%. We had stagflation in the early 1980s, and there was over 650,000 more Canadians in poverty over four years a 25% increase in poverty from 1980 to 1984. Inflation hit 12% and unemployment hit 12%, both all-time highs. There was also an all-time interest rate high of 18%. Pierre brought up the terrible outcome that could await Canadians, and he brought up the misery index, where unemployment and inflation are added together, and shares that when the misery index increases, suicides go up. In the 1980s, Canada saw the highest incidence of suicide ever at about 15 people per 100,000. Data around the world shows financial crisis cause on average the unemployment rate to rise to 7%. And according to the University of Calgary, for every 1% in unemployment, there's a corresponding 2% increase in the suicide rate. I don't agree with Pierre's recommendation to harken back to the 1940s era 
where the silent generation worked off the World War II debt by the end of 1947. And then the economy grew by 35% per year from the end of the war to 1973. This growth in the economy was largely due to industrialization and to increased production, coupled with an explosion in population known as the baby boomer generation. While Pierre is right that we have a technological revolution happening with us right now that will enrich everyone, the fact is technology is in fact deflationary, as I had covered in podcast episode 9, where I reviewed Jeff Booth's book, The Price of Tomorrow. I think the best model for our future is actually to look at the 1995 budget, which was also a liberal government, and that at the time was Jean Chrétien and Paul Martin were, were leading the country. The budget in 1995 involved modest cuts to governments and programs that didn't impact most Canadians. This was supported by Canadians of every stripe. We also either need to have a ton of babies or allow a lot more immigration of people into the country who are under 45 years old so we can get back to a healthy consumption-led economy. Regardless of what I think, that increasing money supply by printing dollars and issuing more bonds isn't a great solution. And it looks like this is exactly what the Liberals want to try doing right now. Spending a record level to stimulate the economy and maybe buy some votes and then printing like mad to monetize that debt, it looks attractive, but in fact it steals from the productivity of hardworking Canadians. When money is added to the system, every dollar you earn goes down in value. I don't know what the future holds, but the fact that Canadian politician like Pierre is speaking about this debt crisis in the House of Commons lifts up my spirits. It means that even politicians who are clueless about what's happening to Canadians by printing so much money are at least hearing this point of view, and they may take pause before voting in free stuff so fast that the system collapses around us. It looks like we have at least another year until the next budget before any large tax hikes. So the takeaway now is to prepare for future tax increases, maybe restructure your affairs and consider taking some of your money off the table in these markets that have raced higher and faster than we've seen in a long time. You soon may be able to redeploy that investment into a different growth market or be ready to snap up discounts and weather the storm when it arrives. As you think about that, have a great rest of your day. Talk to you again tomorrow.